broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on Midtown Business Radio. I'm pleased to be joined in the studio, as always, by our producer extraordinaire, Krista Baruti. Hey, C.W., how was your weekend? It was fantastic. It was uh, famously short, though, unfortunately. It, it does It's always that. too short. It's just like these shows. When you're having fun, it just flies by. They go by. by so quickly. It really does. We've got some cool people uh, that the, the business folks in the Atlanta area are want, are going to want to get to know. Um, and um, we'll go ahead and introduce you to a couple of them. We've got another one going to be joining us uh, here in a moment uh, as we get started. But uh, I met Bill Plunk uh, of Simcoe Commercial Collections, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I guess. LinkedIn connection and uh, called the him up. Friendliest, yeah, the, the friendliest collection the, the, the guy fl- ever. The friendliest collection guy you can ever have call you. <laughs> should you ever know? <laughs> Sorry, or need, ruining your need to get caught up. He's uh, the one that you want ringing your, your phone. So thanks for taking some time. I look forward to chatting some more here as we get started. Thanks. You know how much I've been looking forward to this. So <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. It. And he introduced us actually to the other folks that are joining us uh, in the studio today. I've also got uh, voice at large, voice talent, Randy Reeves, uh, joining us on the mic. And when he gets to talking, you'll be able to tell that uh, <laughs> this is something he should be doing. Well, good afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mr. Radio I've ever had. on the radio. <laughs> so uh, we're looking forward to that. And then uh, joining us here shortly is going to be founder and CEO of Fountainhead Consulting Group and uh, author as well. George Horgan is going to be sitting in with us as well, jumping on the mic and talking to us about how they can help uh, new and existing businesses do their thing a little bit better. But we'll start with uh, the guy that kind of pulled this group together. Bill, get me started on your background. How did you get here? We're, we're both Oklahomans. That was something we had in common. That was a lot of fun uh, getting to find out. Now, were you on the right team this weekend? Uh, yes. Mm, no, I don't know. Yeah, that's Actually, right. That's right. You're, you're, you're like, like one of those that wears, yeah. you, you wear, you wear both jerseys. That's okay. That's cool. I was on the right team this weekend. So, yeah. oh, but anyway, right. tell me about uh, your, your background. How did you get, you know, to where you are here um, in uh, commercial collections? Because from what I understand, a long time ago, you applied for a job and, and thought you were applying for one thing, but turned out you were applying for something else. And uh, kind of by accident, you landed where you are and found out that you have a real skill for it. So take me through your story. Well, actually, since the age of five, I've wanted to be in collections. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> no one's ever wanted to do that. Um, I actually started out in education, uh, taught and coached in public schools in Oklahoma for 10 years. Um, and then had a chance to get into banking uh, and was actually it was presented as a lending uh, um, a position and so um, my minor was in business so I moved into the to, to the, the bank there and my first day in the office um, the guy that hired me who had never mentioned the word collections whatsoever in the entire hiring process <laughs> walks in and throws down a printout about three inches thick and says here we want you it had account information on it. he said here we want you to um, get on the phone and get some of this money back where it belongs and and I was in collections uh, just like that, man. So, yeah, and but it was so cool because it, they did it on purpose. They they did it so that we would learn. You know, if they're bringing somebody up in the business, they want them to learn what a bad loan looks like, so that you don't make them. Right. And so we, 
every loan's a good loan when it's made is what they taught me and so when we got into the um, collections part i learned a ton about lending what not to do some of the things to do and it was it was actually very helpful then um, did that for a few years and then came here worked in sales for a commercial agency for a little while and then um, we found out that there were some things going on in that agency that shouldn't have been going on we were bringing clients in and um, they were collecting for them but not paying the clients so um, yeah ouch so left um, I was asked to leave actually because I started asking questions about that got home (laughs) uh, sat down with my wife Deidre and my business partner who's right here beside me and a good friend of ours and we you know I was basically saying hey what do we do now Uh, and they said why don't you go into collections on your own Uh, why don't you do it do it for yourself go into business and I said okay and because they, they pointed out you have the sales experience uh you can do this and so i called up i think half a dozen was it Deidre? of yes of, i think so yeah half a dozen of the accounts that i had there at the agency that were they weren't getting paid and said i apologize you guys for bringing in this situation i didn't know about it would you i have collections experience would you allow me to collect for you and every one of them said yes and that's nice. how we started our business and you know and and take it from there because you know and rewind a little bit because one of the things that you found out um, when, you know, when you began, you, you, you got, you know, your job at the bank, right. they gave you this stack of accounts, said, bring in some business, you know, bring in some, uh, some money on these, right. these, uh, you know, accounts that are in arrears. But the, the thing that you found out was that there was something about the way you went about what you were doing. <laughs> Because everybody, uh, you know, well, I don't know if everybody's had a collections call. I know I have in my younger days. Um, and they aren't always pleasant, you know, and they're ones that you tend to, uh, you know, it, you never feel good about it. And so talk about, you know, how you made the money start flowing in because that's what happened. Yeah. The, the main thing that I remember thinking from the first moment that I realized I was going to be making collection calls was I want to collect the way I'd want to be collected from. And so that's been the that's been the way we've done it. Um, You know, we did it in consumer. I did it in consumer collections like that. And I've also done it in commercial collections. And and what that means is just simply treat people with respect. Um, I I think when I was first in the industry, I heard the term dirt bag. I hate that term. I, I you know what I realized early in collections was, but by the grace of God, there I go. I could just as easily be me. Uh, with a, missing a paycheck or two or three, and then you're starting to, you know, lose things, and you're starting to get a bunch of calls and things right. like this. And the last thing you need I- in that situation is to be beaten down. Right. So um, we just work. I would just always work with folks and just say, "Hey, we're going to get closure on this." And that was the surprise for me um, in the consumer collections. What I realized, and it's also played out in commercial as well, is there if it's a disputed account or or or, or even if it's not. It's just nice to have it done. It, it's over with. Even if we had to repossess uh, collateral, which we did in consumer, fortunately we don't have to do that in commercial. Um, we would, we would, it would just be closure, and everybody there would be a piece at the end of it. And if it was handled well, there would be peace during the process. So. Mm-hmm. And, and as we were talking, um, you know, a few weeks back when we f- were getting to know each other, one of the things that you mentioned, and it really struck me, and it is a testament to how you go about what you're doing and that is that some companies that you were calling to collect on ultimately became clients that have you collecting for them yeah (laughs) i i think that to me 
is one of the highest compliments you could be paid is if they say, hey, we like the way that your client handled this. We're going to pay your client. And what I found out, too, was if I did this well, if I did it professionally, if I did it personably, then they would choose if they had six, eight, ten different bills they're going to pay, either consumer or commercial, both, they would take, you know, my clients and hopefully move it up to the top. So, um, yeah, that and then the, the debtors would actually become clients. And that to us was a huge compliment. We're always glad to have a debtor become a client because they basically they know everything about how you're going to handle an account. So it's it's you know, it's it's a it's a win win. Can you talk about what the experience is in terms of how old is the typical account that gets sent over to you for, you know, for some help in terms of trying to bring the accounts current? Yeah. The accounts, have ver- the, the, the oldest account I've ever collected was over two years old, and it had been handled by an attorney, and we actually got that one resolved. Uh, and then I don't think I've had any younger than probably 60, 90 days. And that really that's actually kind of one of the things that we, you know, would like to see clients do is, is have a good process where they're turning accounts over, you know, on a timely basis. And a timely basis can, can vary. I mean, it, it can actually go four, five, six months, depending on, you know, whether it's a disputed account. Uh, there are a lot of factors involved. So, um, um, you know, that's, that's always kind of the fun, a, a little fun thing between me and clients is when do you want to place them and um, on what basis do you want to place this. And so a lot of times what I like to do with clients is do it on an account-by-account account basis uh, rather than having it just real set in stone and that helps give them a little freedom to work it in-house and handle and do some things that you know they might not do if they were just automatically clicking it over at 90 days or 120 days and when someone has uh, simcoe commercial collections starting to handle uh, an Mm -hmm. account do you have some measure of leeway if you will or or ability to to work on what's the plan going to be with the with the uh, pay, you know, the customer who's got, you know, some bills and arrears, are you able to work things out or do you kind of just collaborate with your client to, to determine, you know, what that plan is going to be? Meaning, you know, like a payment plan or what the schedule is going to be, what that kind of stuff? Yes and yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, a lot of clients, what I normally try to do for a client is I try to have the account completely resolved within a maximum of 90 days. So if we're going to break something down into payments, we'll break it down into thirds. Maybe the first payment will be immediate. The second one in 30 days or 45, the second one in 60 to, to, or to 90, something like that. Um, and, and, you know, if a client wants it handled different, like let's say a debtor says, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to finish up on this contract and I'll have money to pay you in you know, three months or whatever, um, we can do that lump sum then. But what I really like to do almost always, if I can, is get something paid immediately mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of get the, the pump primed, if you will. Yeah. And then we go from there. But I hardly, a very few times have, have we ever over the years uh, taken payments on like, you know, monthly basis for six, seven, eight, ten 10 months. That, that very seldom happens. We've been talking with Bill Plunk and his wife, Deidre, um, of Simcoe Commercial uh, Collections. And, um, you know, as you can see, I mean, basically what you hear here on the radio is what you'll hear when Bill calls you to say, Mr. Hall, um, this is Bill Plunk, and I was calling to, to find out when you might want to pay this bill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's... 
to me, I think that's pretty cool that to see somebody invest like that. And, and it's obviously coming back to you in, in terms of uh, both uh, the regard that you get for the clients that you're calling on, the customer that, that owes a bill, for them to come back and say, hey, I want to have you do this for me because I've got some bills that are behind with customers out there. That's, yeah. that's pretty strong uh, testimonial. A lot of times it is a cash flow issue, too, because they have, you know, um, outstanding AR. And uh-huh. so... Um, you can actually help them pay their bills by collecting for them. Usually, exactly. though, we wait until we have the current situation resolved before right. we, you know, they can no longer be a debtor and a client yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. Um, Is there a particular industry space that you find, you know, yourself work doing your work in? Or is it pretty much anybody, any company that has a account or accounts in arrears, you'll, you'll be able to help them? Correct. Um, we've been all over the place, manufacturing, tech. tech. Um, hospitality. We started a lot in the hospitality. Um, in the first couple of years, the majority of our clients were hotels. Um, and you would think, you know, that's Is not going to be. suppliers, vendors, things like that? No, it's um, corporate events, big sales oh, okay. conferences. Somebody gotcha. comes in and has a huge annual, right. things like that. I'm sure that's a pretty sizable bill, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, those are those were some nice accounts. Well, and a lot of times they're um, disputed. You know, things didn't go exactly, or they thought they ordered this. You know, right. And he's great at um, people just want to be heard. You know, they want their side of the story. You know, a lot of times the debtors just want to vent and you know tell what they did or didn't get. And you know, he is professionally trained in mediation and negotiation, so he can sit there in the middle and hear both sides and kind of you know. Thankfully, he's the one that does that. He has the people skills. I am. It's a good thing I'm not the one. <laughs> You're behind the scenes. I am very much behind the scenes. I don't want to get a call from Deidre saying yeah. I owe money. Is that what you're saying? We've got the friendliest collector and the sassiest all in the same room. Well, Deidre will walk through the office uh, and she'll go, I, I couldn't do what you do. And then it's interesting because she handles the accounting and things for us. And I, you know, I, I, no, I couldn't do what she does. I mean, so it's, yeah. it's a great combination. It's work, worked well for us. Mm-hmm. Well, you've brought with you some folks that uh, that you know. You want to introduce us to uh, our next guest. We'll, we'll jump on here with uh, with Randy, and you want to talk about how you all know each other and kind of give us a little intro, and then we'll yeah, I'd meet love him. to do that. Thank you, uh, R- Randy. And I met in church, and I I believe I will always remember him walking up to me and saying, "Randy Reeves," in that deep baritone voice, <laughs> and something about voice at large. And I went home that day, and I said. And I think I asked Deidre, what's a voice at large? Do you, you know, had you heard it? And I actually had, did, didn't realize, you know, what you did for, yeah, yeah. for some time. And then we've just, you know, we've been friends. We come to the car show every year together. I mean, we just, we just have, have you know. Have breakfast together. Have breakfast yeah, together. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. but good, that's how, good buddies, yeah. that's how we met. Yeah. So you, you know, looking at your biography, you were in terrestrial radio doing, um, you know, radio DJ kind of work and voiceover kind of, kind of work right uh started in high school in a small town in north georgia loved radio always wanted something like that you know just fascinating to me i think i was in uh cub scouts even when we went to the local radio station and i just thought that is that is what i want to do you (laughs) you you go in you see the guy and then you get back in the car and you hear him so uh did that in small town um uh, after school worked uh, playing the best country music North Georgia has to offer. <laughs> and um, no, none of my peers were listening at the time. But, uh, <laughs> um, 
and then went to University of Georgia and continued working there. Uh, went away for a while, uh, Richmond, Virginia, and then eventually, uh, after I married my wife, we moved. Uh, she was from Atlanta. We moved to Atlanta. Atlanta was where I always wanted to be, mm -hmm. and um, moved to Atlanta in the late 70s and did uh, eight years, I guess, on Atlanta radio, and um, then eventually got ready to do something else. Radio, more so then than now, was confining because we didn't have computer, you know, right. we didn't pre-record a show and right. leave the studio. Yep. Uh, half the time now, you're not even listening to a live person. Yep. And uh, so it was confining. It was weekends. It was holidays. I mean, we could pick either Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day to have <laughs> off of the yeah. holidays. Right. So uh, I had built up some clients and doing freelance production and just wanted to go that way and get more into that side of the business. So in, in that sense, you were you were providing some services for like commercial ads and things like that. Is that what you're talking about? Or Not so much commercial ads. I was doing a few of those, but um, uh, if, if people remember back even earlier, jingles were a huge thing for radio stations. And there was a time in the early, mid-80s where that kind of backed off a little bit and became more... Uh, in vogue to have a voice come on the radio station and say, you know, the best mix of the 70s, 80s. <laughs> the, we, yeah. we didn't say the best mix of the 70s, 80s <laughs> in the 80s. But, um, it was um, back then, it was the 50s, 60s, right, and 70s. Well, exactly. But for some reason, uh, jingles became unhip and a guy being contracted by the station to be that station's voice became the thing to do. Hmm. And uh, at that time, too, uh, a lot of the uh, radio stations like Scott Shannon in New York with uh, Z100 and the Morning Zoo and all these outlandish things, yeah. they had these huge voices, uh, you know, Z100 like that. Well, I never was kind of that kind of guy. So there was a hole in the market for uh, uh, what's called adult contemporary stations, AC stations, which back then would have been more like your Elton John, your Commodores, Billy, yeah. Billy Joel. Yeah, yeah. 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 Lionel Richie, uh, Mar Mariah Carey. And um, so I put together a demo and uh, started uh, marketing to that segment with uh, a slogan, all the sizzle with none of the snarl because a lot of these guys you if you, if you hired an outside yeah, voice yeah. he was that and that's not what they were wanting they wanted somebody that wasn't one of their own guys but not necessarily mr mr big voice so uh started doing that in the late 80s and uh got to the point that i was working so much in my home studio that it kind of became more of a problem to get to drive down to Buckhead to, to be at the real job mm -hmm. and um, just finally took the plunge and split away in uh, 89 was when I took it home full time. Well, you're still here, so something's going well. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, 
it's it's been very good over the years yeah well so i would imagine uh you know particularly with the emergence of all these different new medias i mean you know ours for example and we're here we're not terrestrial we're over the internet and and taking advantage of of the ability to be live and podcast and so there's probably that many more opportunities out there for people who want to be in the radio space but among you know the the opportunities that that someone who does the voiceover talent skills that that you bring i'm sure there's probably a few people that want to be in that space and and you know so when you're trying to vie for something what what makes randy reeves the guy that uh, that the radio station or the prospective client wants to work with well Partially because of what I said, just different styles of voices. You know, n- nowadays you've got the, um, uh, you know, you've got rock stations, classic rock stations, hip hop stations. Uh, it's more fragmented than it used to be when it was basically just top forty radio. Um, and so, different voices are still just um, lend themselves to different particular formats mine ends up being mostly adult contemporary and country and uh, a lot of other guys specialize more in news talk more in Mm -hmm. uh, uh, rock stations that that's just kind of what suits my voice and that's kind of what i've stayed with and so you have like a sound booth at the house that you're able to do your recording or your broadcasting whatever it may be yeah yeah very simple uh and the the price dropping the equipment and the uh developing equipment over the years has made it where competition has just gone through the roof a lot more competition but yet at the same time it's exciting because there are a lot more things being done with voices there's never been as much demand you know you've got whiteboards on the internet that last maybe 90 seconds 30 seconds Um, web-based seminars and training and e-learning and so there's a ton of stuff out there. Yeah. It's just a matter of becoming more creative about finding it. And as far as what makes me different from anybody else, uh, it's pretty much, in my opinion, <laughs> this is not a good sales tool, I guess, but it's, it's kind of like uh, what makes some people lottery rent winners and other people aren't. You know? <laughs> right, right. I mean, really, it's, it's, there are a lot of people that are qualified to do things and basically it comes down to what the person that's choosing likes mm-hmm. what connects with them and I, I may sound i may connect with one person this week and somebody who sounds almost identical would connect with a totally different person well, what's the process on. like as it relates to you know finding and meeting your your new clients to be it is it is it all done by phone or by you know emails how, how does it go do you put together a i guess a demo of of your skills and you're sending it in and then kind of hoping or how does the tr- process work well uh there are several sites now voices.com voices123 and these are where people uh go to look for voices and uh there again it's a it's a lottery it's it's i used to compete with people uh geographically a long time ago Mm -hmm. when a tape had to go from point a to point b you didn't want it to take four days you needed it to be kind of close then it was fedex and then it wasn't tapes it was cds and now it's digital uh, and, and it's digital and um these places are like these websites are like clearing houses for voices so the competition is immense, but it's just a numbers game. You audition, 
the client uh, contacts one of these websites or any similar website. They post a job. They give uh, criteria and tags of what they're looking for. And if it matches your profile, even if it matches it 90% or 80%, you get an email offering that job, uh, not offering the job to you, but offering tryout for you, you to audition. Yeah. And they give you a sample script. You, uh, you do that sample script and submit it to them, and then you wait, and you wait. And, <laughs> you know, it's a numbers game. You do a lot of them in the hopes of getting some. And then as you build up with these websites, um, y- you know, in their system, you become more noticed somehow the more jobs you get awarded. I see. And, uh, do you yeah. do a lot of um, cold calling? I do voiceover and, and stuff as well. So calling yeah. in and sort of demoing, hey, this is what this would sound like, you know, as an audition. Um, not so much. No? Probably not as much as I should. Um, well, but you've created a success. It's basically creating a brand, branding yourself. Right, you know? right. Yeah, branding is important and, um, and, and sticking with that, being true to that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, a little more cold calling every now and then wouldn't hurt. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know a whole lot of people other I'm sure than you get a lot Bill. Of Bill loves cold calling. Yeah, <laughs> love that. He he loves it's actually. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like liking collections. It's just weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if you called and said, "Hey, I could do voiceovers," I'd I'd be listening. Hey, no kidding. So, is it heavily focused, well, obviously, on like radio type? Uh, opportunity how or? much would you be listening if you got 10 other calls that same day <laughs> yeah well i <laughs> that's guess that's true it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. now well your question was it is, is it it's not just radio though you do you know a number of different you know services around. well like uh, mine is still mostly radio and some commercial work okay. uh, i've got an agency i work with it's in dallas and they do car dealerships and so i do a good bit of that <laughs> but then the things on the uh, the things that you find posted on this these uh, voiceover websites could be anything from a, a live corporate event to uh, I did a thing for Acura for uh, that's only going to run at auto shows. But mm. um, uh, so it it can be all over the place, or it can be you know they can be national commercials. So it's uh, you just. Uh, you just take a shot at what you feel like you might have a shot at. So We've been talking with voice talent actor uh, Randy Reeves of Voice at Large, and he's had you know a number of years of experience um, in radio and a number of stations, uh, been around the Atlanta area for a long time, um, and it's been a lot of fun getting to know you. Where, where is it going? I mean, with, with you know digital media being what it is, um, it would seem to me that there's kind of an ever-expanding marketplace for somebody with the talents that you have it, it sure seems that way i mean it you know yeah it it's uh cable channels of course have expanded to the point i don't know how much further that can go but mm-hmm. the internet is still just <coughs> wide open have you linked up with any kind of uh content licensing type companies um that do uh, one that comes to mind uh, they do a lot of video but uh, and i think i've mentioned them earlier before we went on the air sharewick for example sharewick.com not familiar uh, they, they with do that. work heavily in the healthcare space but they serve a variety of clients even you know if they're not in healthcare. but uh, you know with with you know, digital marketing in particular these days, one of the big things that they'll talk to you about is 
inbound marketing and part of that is creating content you know that's where the, the rise of the blog i mean those are actually you know they're, they're marketing efforts now we're not just someone putting something out there yeah yeah um and so you know along with that is you know a variety of media not just written but uh you know voice content like we what we you know end up producing here because this is useful it's interesting it serves a purpose if if a prospective client you know signs in you've got it up on social media obviously they can learn straight from you um and so there's a number i mean those types of companies are definitely on the rise and there's many 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 of them out there um, to be found and, and there could be really nice opportunities for people that have you know voice acting talent like you all do yeah I, I really think there's um, even new people realizing that they need video or voice more so than they ever have and that's going to probably mm-hmm. expand a mm-hmm. lot too mm-hmm. they're just now saying hey we could do that you know the costs have come down to some degree so yeah. Chris is always telling me I have a face for radio and a voice for print. I, I don't know what she means. <laughs> by I am that. not that rude to him. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> She's always smiling when she says it, so I always thought yeah. she was being really nice. Yeah. <laughs> you have a wonderful radio face, CW. <laughs> I get that all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, Bill, you want to introduce us to our our next guest here, Mr. Horrigan? I do. Again, you meet the nicest folks in church. Um, um, we're we're. We're friends from back in church, and in fact, I think we used to sit behind you and Diane a, a lot uh, there on, on the, uh, and, you know, in the service and stuff. So, um, and just go back a long time. I mean, we were you guys. I think Deidre n- n- knew <coughs> Diane, Diane through, um, yeah. yeah, through Women's Fellowship and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. it's, it's been many, many years now. Yep. Now, George, you're the founder and CEO of Fountainhead Consulting Group. And, and, you know, in looking at the website, it looks like, you know, you focus heavily on helping entrepreneurs kind of plan out their strategy and and innovate and, and you know, have a good approach to what they're trying to achieve. So uh, and also you were kind enough to bring us a, a copy of your your book, Cheating a Thriving Business, cre- <laughs> cheating, creating, <laughs> creating, excuse nope. me, not cheating. The opposite of that. Pardon, pardon my uh, slip there. Creating a Thriving Business. And then you've got one coming, uh, Work Less, Make More, and Have Fun in Your Business, which I'll definitely want to check out as well. So, you know, take us through your story. You know, yeah. it looks like you've had uh, quite a bit of a variety of experiences here and up to and including, you know, authoring some books that will help the entrepreneur out. So take us through your history and bring us up to where you are now. Yeah, let me introduce our firm. Uh, uh, Fountainhead Consulting Group is an innovation and business planning firm. And we show people how to achieve the goals, hopes, and dreams for their business so they can work less, make more, and most importantly, have fun in their business. And we've done it with over 1,200 companies during the past 17 years. So we've got a huge track record of doing this. In that period of time, have you found some you know, key stumbling blocks, if you will, that tend to be kind of common across the, a lot of the clients you see? Absolutely. Number one is how do I put my business together take it from where it's at to where I want it to go. How do I create the business I desire? Yeah, you know, I'm sure that, you know, at first blush, it may seem like, well, how's that possible? But I think, you know, when you think about it, it's easy to have a cool idea, but how do I, how do I make it happen? Well, the interesting thing is a business has a million moving parts. And it's how does it all fit together? It's like, you know, a person says, well, I know I've got this component, and I know I'm supposed to have this and this, but I don't see how it all fits together. And we've, we've created a methodology called the structure of success 
that fits all those moving parts together. Well, tell, tell me about it. How, did, how, does, yeah. how does that get well, implemented and what yeah, does it let, do for let me? Let me take a half step, half step back and kind of tell you how we created it. Uh, so back in the 1980s, I started four uh, companies. Uh, the first one was a, uh, uh, a book distribution business and it was a failure, but I learned a lot from that business, including why people make purchase decisions, why we really buy things. Uh, my second business was an energy products business, and it started small and stayed small, and I just couldn't grow to anything more than myself. And at that point, I was just down. I was just discouraged, and I was just so frustrated. I said, how is this business thing supposed to work? So I dusted off my college textbooks and started rereading them, but I realized that was all theory, not practice, and right. they aimed at larger businesses, not smaller businesses. So I looked around for a structured methodology of how I could grow my business, and I couldn't find one. So. I took what I learned from those first two business failures and applied them to my third and fourth businesses, which were both IT consulting businesses, which ended up being quite successful. So by the time I finished that fourth business, I developed a basic framework of how you start a new business and then grow that. Mm -hmm. So can I tell you the rest of the story? Sure, go okay. ahead. So that was the 1980s, fast forward to the, the mid-1990s. In 1995, I started our companion CPA firm, Horrigan and Company CPAs. Mm -hmm. And we did and do literally provide one-stop shopping services to businesses and business owners. And shortly after we started CW, clients came to us and said, George, we love these comprehensive CPA services that you're providing, but we want more. We want assistance with the business itself. And they started asking questions like, how do you start a business? How do you grow a business? How do you maximize a business's profitability? How do you take the business to a new level? How do you create an exit strategy? Well, the funny thing was, these were the exact same questions I had wrestled with back in the 1980s. Right. So I took that framework I had started, developed, and started doing additional reading and research in order to transform that framework to an actual methodology. And that methodology has evolved to become what is our current structure success methodology, which is built upon having worked with over 1,200 companies during these past 17 years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I too have had a failed business in my background, and, and undercapitalization was our problem as much as anything. We couldn't, you know, we were having to eat what we killed. And, and you know, in the early days of the business, I mean, it's hard to kill enough to, to mm -hmm. pay all the bills and, and to pay the mortgage and all of that. And so, you know, I'm sure, you know, capital strategy is part of that. But uh, are there other things that you've seen that nuggets, you don't have to give away the whole thing, yeah. but I mean, nuggets that well, no. uh, might be let's, valuable let's, to know? Yeah, dig into it. Um, so they're basically five building blocks to creating a successful business. But let me give you a little example uh, of a client that just recently uh, enjoyed the learning this. Uh, his name was Roger. And Roger had a small healthcare consulting business and he wanted to take his business to the next level. And he was a really nice, easygoing man in his late 40s. But he didn't know how to take it from where it's at to where he wanted to be. When he discovered our structure success methodology, the light bulb went off and the transformation began. He goes, ah, this is what I've been looking for. So there are five building blocks. The first building block is vision. It, it is where do you want to take your business? What does a successful and thriving business look like to CW, to Bill, to Deidre, to Randy there? Um, and that is the destination of the direction of where you want to take your business. Second building block is identifying your business's unique critical success factors. And the concept of critical success factors was developed about 20 years ago. And what it is is that every single business on the planet Earth has its own unique set of make or break factors. Mm -hmm. And if you identify your business's unique critical success factors and then accomplish those, your business will be successful, period, paragraph. 
But if you don't identify them, then of course, then you can't accomplish them. And no matter how much time, money, or talent you throw at the business, it'll never be successful, which is what happened with the dot-com businesses. Billions of dollars wasted because nobody ever figured out the critical success factors. Third building block is strategy. It's not enough to have a vision for your business and know the make or break factors to take your business there. You have to have a comprehensive strategy. And there are six areas that your strategy needs to address. Fourth building block is, is uh, execution. It's not enough to have a strategy, you need to execute the strategy in a systematic, structured way, which we call logical execution. And then the fifth building block is innovation. Innovation is how you beat your competition and separate your business from the rest of the pack. So we show business owners how to differentiate their business from their competition, and that's how they end up beating that competition. And when a client gets involved with your group, is it what's the relationship like? Is it kind of a project-based kind of relationship where I'm engaging you to kind of help me, you know, uh, during a period of time wherein we're going to be working on these types of issues, or is it more of a relationship that's kind of like a you know, more almost like a subscription, if you will, where where you're kind of you, you're not necessarily part of their company, but sort of like you are. You're, you're like an outsourced element of their company that's with them on an ongoing basis, at least for a period of time. Yeah, it's much more like the second. Okay. okay. It is a project. Okay. The structure of success takes about three months to go through for uh, most size businesses. Uh, and we do it in meetings. Uh, we do it in seven meetings. Uh, each meeting takes place every two weeks, so seven meetings times two is 14 weeks. 14 weeks is three months. We can literally take somebody through the entire process and transform their company in three months. And when we when we look at B two B solutions, business to business solutions, um, you know the 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 value that a business solution offers is either increased profitability because you enhance their efficiency either through some sort of automation or revising um, you know procedures or some way to uh, to allow more money to fall to the bottom line or they enhance their revenue uh, income by, by generating you know greater uh, access to clients um, or securing more of them that they do touch uh, in terms of closing them for business and so you know from what I hear, you know, as co- companies come in and they interface with Fountainhead, um, that they, they begin to obviously, you know, get some key data points that they need to have a handle on as to how to attack those and the, the value. Because, I mean, obviously we have to spend, uh, you know, or invest, if you will, uh, a cost to have services like, you know, just about everybody that we come, have come through the, through the studio has a cost associated with their product or solution but the the benefit is being able to illustrate you know what is the return and it sounds like the return here is a couple of things it sounds like um, if I'm investing my you know money in in a relationship with you that I'm actually going to become more efficient because many things that I might be doing logistically are inefficient so that uh, I can either you know get by with fewer people or you know easier services and I can put them dedicated to generating revenue and so forth and then, you know, through these types of processes, maybe I'm acquiring more customers, so my revenue gain at the top end is better. Am I I'm on the right track? Yes. It's efficiency, it's productivity, and even more so, it's creating the business you really want. The foundation that we work from, CW, is that we have found that a typical business owner says to themselves, these are my expectations and my goals for my business today, my hopes for tomorrow, my dreams for down the road. Here's where I'm at there's where I want to go. How do I get from here to there? 
and we developed a unique methodology that eliminates that guesswork, that trial and error, that uncertainty. I've got this, but I want that. Right. <laughs> okay. How do I get from here to there? Yeah. And we provide a shortcut, you know, basically because we figured it out. We worked with 1,200 companies because you can try to figure out creating a successful business, but it'll take you years and years and years, and you may never figure it out, number one. Or number two is time is money. It may take you 10, 20, 30 years, whereas our methodology provides that shortcut. You're here, you want to get here, we lay it all out for you, and we work with you and guide you through the process. What's the picture of the typical client out there, you know, in terms of either is it a particular vertical that they would be in or size of company, uh, any, any, you know, things that uh, if I'm listening, oh, geez, I fit right into your wheelhouse who, who you know, I should, I should call and, and get, get hooked up with you. What's yeah. your customer look like? Yeah, we've used our methodology with manufacturing, wholesale, construction, service, consulting businesses, lawyers. It runs the gambit because it's the same concepts. Having a vision for your business, number two, knowing your business's critical success factors. Number three is having a comprehensive strategy to take your business there. Number four is executing the strategy in a systematic, structured way. And number five is applying innovation to your business. It doesn't matter what kind of business it is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we've got a couple of books here. You want to tell me a little bit about your books? We've been talking with yeah. George Horgan of the Fountainhead Consulting Group. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, author of a couple of books, Creating a Thriving Business and then Work Less, Make More, Have Fun, have fun in Your Business. Tell me about your books and yeah. the inspiration for those. So Creating a Thriving Business came out last year, 2013. And then that's my third book. And then my fourth book comes out next year, Work Less, Make More, and Have Fun in Your Business. And together they cover uh, all the gamut, uh, all the aspects of our structured success methodology. And a big question that always comes up is how do the books relate to each other? Easiest way to explain this with a baseball metaphor. Creating a thriving business shows you how to start a business, how to get the first base by using our structured success methodology, and then how to get the second base, how to get the business so it's viable, it's got traction, it's successful, it's quote-unquote thriving, hence the title of the book, Creating a Thriving Business. Work less, make more, and have fun in your business assumes you're already standing on second base with a successful business. How do you scale that business? How do you take the business to the next level? And that could be organic growth, additional products, multiple locations, franchising your business. We're doing that for a lot of clients, overseas expansion, ditto for that. Wow. Now you're standing on third base with a successful, scaled business. How do you get the business working exactly as you want? You're working X number of hours, making Y amount of money. Your employees are fully engaged. You have an exit strategy in place. You're impacting society in a desirable way. You quote unquote have the business of your dreams, which is home plate. Wow, that's awesome! I, I'm looking forward to uh, you know to definitely getting into these and sharing them. Also, we you know it's funny we were at a, a network meeting yesterday and uh, you know talking about you know books that we had read and so I'll, I'll be digging into these and sharing them with my colleagues you know around the network for sure. Um, do you have some some thoughts you know that you want to uh, you know leave us with as we you know kind of start to kind of maybe wrap up or tie things together with everybody else? Yeah here? I just wanted to tie a couple <coughs> things together. Uh, Bill and Dieter were talking about uh, how they operate their business and one of the key terms that we use is win-win. Every business should operate with a win-win principle. And unfortunately, so, so many businesses don't operate with a win-win. And win-win is not something that you can just uh, 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 kind of just like icing on a cake, just slather around there. It has to be built into the business. 
And uh, so I want to compliment them, and, that, and that's why they've been so successful. And we build mm-hmm. that into businesses mm-hmm. there. Uh, I get that. And you shared that book the other day. The, uh, the, you know, I guess it's an e-book. You know, it's available on Amazon. The, the gentleman, I can't remember the author right up, Kazanoff is, is oh, his yeah. name. Yeah, Bruce Kazanoff. How to Self-Promote and Not Be a not Jerk. Not Be a Jerk. Yeah. Um, and it was an awesome read. The, the title is funny, but, uh, you know, the, the first thing he said is if you're, if you're somebody who – you know, truly wants to help people, then this book is for you. Um, and so he had me hooked right off the bat just because, you well, know, that thinking is about a, things that way is uh, really cool. The methodology we've developed is game changing. We're in the process of actually going national. Uh, we're in the process of franchising our methodology all across the United States. That'll happen in 2015. And the reason why it's so transformational, because what you just mentioned is part of our methodology. You want to create a business, and that goes back to that values and vision of the foundation of business. You want to create a business that you believe in so well that it's not you marketing. It's just speaking the right. truth. Yep. It's just like it is the, if you had the cure to cancer, would you say, uh, you know, I really – I've got this thing that cures cancer. No, you'd be <laughs> shouting it. I totally, I yeah. totally feel what you're saying yeah. there. I mean, that's it's very much. I mean, I, I talked to to Bill for an hour the first time we got on the telephone, and and that's very much like you know how I feel about what we do here, and a big part of what we do here is kind of like what you're experiencing here is we get to give the air away, we get to you know share the, uh, a media outlet with you know the, the business community. So one, I want to say thank you to everybody for taking time and helping us fulfill the mission of serving the business sector. When you're when you're looking at you know Fountainhead Consulting Group, how how do you interface with the community to let them know, hey, we're here and hey, we can help you? Obviously, you know, having a book out there or books now um, is is big in terms of you know bringing awareness to you and and having people learn about you. But do you have boots on the street? Do you have someone you know calling up a, a prospective client just so if a listener you know gets yeah. gets the knock, they know they want to take it. How do, how do you interface with them to let them know you're here? Well, I'm a professional speaker also. I'm an author, professional speaker, and uh, so those are the two big ways that we do. But the blogs, uh, we have a monthly uh, newsletter that goes out, which just went out last week and was dealing with employee problems, how to get your employees on board with where you want to take your business. Uh, but the best thing to do is to visit our website, which is fountainheadconsultinggroup.com, all spelled out. So there's two G's next to each other. Um, and then our phone number is 770-642-4220. 770-642-4220. And I know you're on LinkedIn, yep. Facebook, and Twitter, I would assume. Yeah. You want to share those? Yeah. Uh, Twitter, I'm not, I, don't, I have not had the time to focus on Twitter. So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it the whole nine yards. So Twitter, uh, not, not Twitter, but uh, LinkedIn and Facebook there. Uh, okay. What's your Facebook handle? Uh, I can't remember right now. This, so. uh, well, we'll, we'll I'll <laughs> yeah. find you, and I'll link in with you on ours. Yeah. And, and that's a perfect segue. I wanted to put in a shameless uh, plug Do. Uh, for George. And I got on your email list, and I, I, you know how sometimes you get emails and you get get them on a fairly regular basis, and yep. you, you, you just kind of click yep. the, hit the delete button. I actually read your emails. I mean, I think the last one you sent was something about QuickBooks. You, you do some QuickBooks tutorials and things. Yeah. So if business owners, I want to encourage anybody that's listening to this, if you're a business owner, get on the get on his, his email list or whatever that is that I'm on uh, because you're going to get some interesting stuff, some stuff that actually, you know, as a business owner will make you go, okay, wow, that's interesting. I, I, I maybe didn't know that was offered or I didn't, you know, or, or – that's something that maybe that, that we need to look into or something. I, mean, we, I actually enjoy the emails. Well, like, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. It gets back to that win-win. You know, if it you enable win-win. people to get where they want to go in life, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to get where you want to go. It's a lot of fun that way, too. It is. Yeah. It, it is. is a lot of fun. 
You want to want to share uh, your website and social media information there, Randy? Um, website is reevesvoice.com and uh, no social media. Shame on me. <laughs> oh my goodness, we got to fix We're gonna that, man. We're going to get you some social media and cold calling yeah, after this show. We got to we got to get you hooked up with the with the Twittersphere. <laughs> yeah. And we're just the opposite, you know. He's does lots of um, we don't have the a website or anything, but on LinkedIn, um, yeah. but lots of cold calling. Yeah, yeah, LinkedIn cold calling, referrals and cold calling. Is Twitter like and Facebook. Oh, we got to fix that. Too. Right. We'll help you with that. Because <laughs> it's, it's a time. It, it is very. Because that's on one of those places where people yeah. can come and say, "Hey, you all were awesome." Yeah, um, I do and, like that. And there's value in that, obviously. Um, and and you're right, George. You know, it certainly takes some time. I mean, I I you know I. I got on Twitter a while back and, and really did little with it. And, and so, um, and it, it, it's far more time consuming than you would think to I did come up with 140 word Atlanta. Post. Like, yeah. I was, I was, uh, I think when I moved, which was like six years ago, I was like, Atlanta, here I come. And it said that for like three years. I'm here. Last post, September well, 05. Yeah. And, and actually, Deidre will walk through the office sometimes and, and go, how long have you been on LinkedIn? You know, how much have you been on LinkedIn? Even LinkedIn, you know, is 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 pretty demanding well, as far as time goes. LinkedIn for me worth- was one of those resources that, yeah, you know, people said, oh, well, you got to get on LinkedIn. So, I don't know, 06, I think, is when I first signed up on LinkedIn. And I did nothing with it. I had I don't know a handful of people that were in my office as connections yeah. um, I've made a lot of really great connections yeah. with LinkedIn and LinkedIn's I don't check great. it I don't check the feed so much but I mean it's a tool to have your your background your experience your mm-hmm. resume just out there yeah mm-hmm. and I've I mean I've I'm like, why are you calling me? Yeah. Like, you're calling me? And they're like, yeah, We've we met, saw your LinkedIn. I'm yeah. Like, All I, right, I, this I've does met work. Some, some great guests through LinkedIn. Um, I think that may have been where I linked up with you. It absolutely is. You I, were, I linked up with somebody that you were connected with. That's right. And then you oh, that's immediately. Right. You, were, you, were, you linked up with Stephanie Richards of yes. SoGro PR, who yes. we will have to have back on sometime. They're awesome. Yeah, that's small, really cool. Small business. PR firm that's uh, here in Atlanta that's yep. really good at helping, particularly companies that are trying to get themselves uh, positioned positioned in trade publications that are of value um, that would kind of, you know, obviously elevate their their level of, uh, you know, influence and and Mm -hmm. uh, legitimacy, if you will, to be published in, you know, higher level, uh, you know, national or at least major regional publications within a given industry. And so, um, you know, certainly would uh, give a shout out to uh, Stephanie Richards at SoGro and she led us to to Bill Plunk, who led us to George Horgan and uh, Randy Reeves. And this was we'll, a good group today. Yeah, we'll have to, uh, you know, we'll have to be sure to have, uh, you know, Chad Osgood over at yes. Premier uh, come Premier back. Logic, yeah. yeah, Premier Logic. Uh, we're looking forward to meeting up with him. Hopefully, we can get them scheduled because he was going to be joining us on the show today, but wasn't able to make it. And you know, as we were talking about, as we get started, we can't ever get over the fact that the show goes by so quickly. We have cool people on. Zooms they get to right talk, by. and an hour goes by. <laughs> So if you have not yet, if you're listening to the show and you haven't linked up with us on Facebook and Twitter, as we've been talking about here, you can do that at Midtown BRX on both Facebook and Twitter. Obviously, we're on um, LinkedIn. Um, You know, follow us there. Get tied in with us. You know, recommend good guests to us, companies in the B2B space that are 
doing good things in the community, helping businesses run more efficiently or, or more profitably because we want to help them get the word out about what they do and introduce them to the community. Thank you very much today, uh, Krista, for being on the mic and on the board with us today. It's great as always. Thank you for letting me push your buttons. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say thank you very much to the, uh, the executive experts that we have in the studio today, all of the folks that come through our shows. Uh, are busy people that have uh, much to do and uh, for them to invest time in coming out here to, to share some great information about themselves and the useful information that can help our listener. Um, uh, we certainly want to say thank you to every one of you for, for making time. So uh, thanks to all. And uh, we'll have to have you all back again some other time. We'll, we'll, we'll make some plans. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see you all same time, same place next week. We'll be back. <laughs>